the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In jaw-dropping scale, get your free tickets at MercyTree2017.com today. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us for a special repeat message. I want to talk to you this weekend about growing stronger, especially in relationship to your attitudes. When Jesus brought you into his kingdom, he did so for the purpose of you having a full and meaningful life here and a life that is to come. In fact, Jesus made it very clear in John chapter 10, verse 10, these words, the agenda of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, that's what the devil, the thief comes to do, to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come so you can have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus planned a more abundant life for you. But to experience this more life that Jesus has for you and me, we have to cooperate with him. We have to get with the program. We have to do certain things ourselves. We have to make decisions that are in line with God's will for us. And one of those decisions is the decision to say, I will grow stronger. I'm not going to remain a spiritual weakling my entire spiritual journey. And one of the areas that you have to grow stronger in, or one of the things that will, in fact, help you to grow strong, is to make sure you're paying close attention to your attitudes. Because your attitudes will either weaken your life or they will strengthen your life. Anytime you have bad attitudes, they drain life from you. When you have good attitudes, they impart life to you. And so attitudes are essential. They matter. Six things that will help you to make sure you have the best and strongest attitudes. Number one. Build your life on God's promises. Make sure that you are building your life on the promises of God. Anytime someone gives you a promise, a promise always brings hope. A promise brings power. A promise changes a perspective. Promises actually impart strength. Promises are powerful. Now, the downside of promises is that many times from a human standpoint, people will make promises that they don't keep or they will try to keep them and disappoint us in some way. And so if you build your life on human promises, you will have sort of an up and down life experience. Sometimes the promises will come through. Sometimes they will not. You'll be disappointed many times. But God in his word has given us promise after promise that you and I can count on because every promise that God gives is assured. It is absolutely certain that he will deliver on it. There's never a promise that God has made that he does not deliver on. God does not lie. He does not promise anything that he does not produce. And so every promise of God is for you. Every promise of God is for me. And you and I need to build our lives on the promises of God for our attitudes to be where they need to be. And I'm going to share with you nine promises of God here in just a moment. And at the end of sharing these nine with you, I'm going to illustrate this very point by asking you a couple of questions as we wrap up in a, in a moment together reading these verses. Listen to John 3:16. The Bible says, here's the promise, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, here's the promise, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so here's this wonderful promise that if you and I will put our faith in Christ, we can live with him for eternity. Anybody say that's a good promise, amen? 
Romans 8, 37 through 39. Here's another one. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, here's the promise, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The promise is nothing can keep you away from God's love. Good promise, amen? Good promise. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'll read this from the New International Version. I will quote it in a moment from the King James Version. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Or one translation says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so anytime you and I are experiencing fear in our life. Fear is not from God. Power, love, self-discipline, a sound mind is what you and I have been promised. First John chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, talking to you and me, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So whatever you're facing in life, there is the greater one that lives in you as a follower of Jesus. A tremendous promise. When you're facing something that is bigger than you are, that you want, you're trying to wonder, how will I handle this? Philippians 4, 13 is your promise, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When you have a need in your life that is bigger than you can meet, Philippians 4, 19 is your promise. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So God says, I will provide all of your needs. When you're wondering how something is going to turn out, when it seems as though it's terrible and things seem to be falling apart around you, Romans 8, 28 is a promise. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose for them, that God is able to take whatever you're going through and shape it for good. The 23rd Psalm, verse 1, says, The Lord is my shepherd. Here's your promise. I lack nothing or I shall not want. And then Psalm 37, verse 25, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. That's the promise of lifelong provision for those who follow and serve God. Now, what I want to ask you is this. As I read these verses just a moment ago, did you find something inside of you that started to lift? Was your spirit lifted by these verses? There was something that began to be imparted to you just by the promise of God. And here's what I want you to see. The more that you get of God's promise in your life, they become the foundation for the right attitudes. When I know the promise of God and I believe the promise of God, then I am lifted in my attitude. So know and believe the promise of God to you. Number two, pay close attention to your intake. Your intake will always determine your outcome. Whatever you feed on is going to form you. Whatever you eat determines what you become. I want to talk to you about four areas of feeding in your spirit and your soul that perhaps you don't normally think about, but maybe it'll help you to bring this together in terms of improving attitudes in your life. There are four ways of feeding your attitudes or feeding your spirit and soul. Number one, you feed your spirit and your soul through what you read or what you watch, what you see. Maybe is a better way to say it, through your eyes. So as you're watching things and seeing things, it's hap- something's happening internally in you. It's affecting you in your spirit and your soul for good or for bad. Second of all, you actually affect your attitudes by what you listen to. The conversations that you have. 
are affecting you far more than you realize. Anytime you have a conversation with another person, it's either going to be one of three things. Neutral, there's nothing will happen because it's basically chit-chat. Or it'll affect you for better or for worse. That's why we call them heart-to-heart conversations. Because when I have a heart-to-heart conversation with you, my heart affects your heart and your heart affects my heart. And so your heart gets a little bit into me and my heart gets into you. And if my heart's good, then hopefully I've imparted something good to you. If, if your heart is good, you impart something good to me through a conversation. And the opposite can be true as well. If we have bad things in our heart, we can spread that stuff around. There's a fourth thing that will affect your attitudes through your own thoughts, through your thought process. Sometimes you don't even need other people to mess you up. Sometimes you mess yourself up, right, just by your own thinking. So you sit down, you start thinking about stuff, and before long your mind is going in a bad direction, it's going south, you're thinking about certain things you shouldn't think about, and it begins to affect you internally. And what I want you to see is it's extremely important if your attitudes either strengthen you or weaken you, should you pay attention to what's forming your attitudes? Absolutely. Should you pay attention, close attention, to what you're taking in? Absolutely. There are a lot of us that are being far more weakened than we realize because we're not paying attention to what we're looking at. We're not paying attention to what we're listening to. We're not paying attention to the conversations we're having. We're not paying attention to our own thought process. And so we're allowing attitudes to seep in that weaken our spiritual life. And the best thing that you can listen to and look at and get into your spirit and soul, it is good soul food and the best soul food is the Word of God. Amen? There is no soul food like the Word of God. Jeremiah the prophet made this declaration about the power of God's word to affect his attitude in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse number 16. He said, when I discovered your words, talking about the word of God, when I discovered your words, I devoured it. I devoured the word of God. They are, this is the words of God, they are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's army. The importance of getting God's word into your life on a consistent basis. Number three, the third thing that will impact your attitudes and improve them for the better is to learn to replace your worries with worship. Worry is a joy robber. It steals your joy. It kills your attitudes. Here's what worship does. Worship says, I'm going to make a choice. Yes, there's a problem here, but I'm going to lift my eyes beyond the problem to the God who is able to solve my problems. Amen. And when you begin to focus on God and magnify Him, you begin to realize through your worship how much greater God is than any problem you have in your life. No matter how big your combination of problems are, God is always bigger. And so that's why God says, I want you to worship and don't worry. Because if you'll worship me, I'm able to take care of everything that you are worried about. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 just for a moment. It's a very familiar passage, but it's one that you and I need to to practice in our life because it's it's a tough one to practice, but it's vital to our attitude. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. This is the Apostle Paul writing this great book of Philippians, the letter of joy, and he says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. However, it says, instead, do what? So if you're not going to pray, you probably need to worry. 
So it's not, it's one or the other. Are you going to worry or are you going to pray? And so he says, I don't want you to worry. Instead, I want you to pray about everything. I want you to turn it toward worship. I want your focus to be upon me. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. That's worship. If you do this, if you do what? If you don't worry, but instead pray. If you tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace. That's an attitude, which is far more wonderful wonderful than the human mind can understand. He is peace. That's again the attitude of peace. Will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts, that's how you think, your perspective, on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine, good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. God says, put your attention on me. Worship, don't worry. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Notice what it says. Always be joyful. How can we always be joyful? Here's the solution. Here's how. Never stop praying. If you want to always be joyful, what do you do? You never stop praying. And then you also do the next verse. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So the solution to our worries is not just to stick your head into the sand as though your problems don't exist. It's to realize that there is a God who is bigger than any problem that exists in your life. And you worship him. You magnify him above whatever you're facing. So vital, so key to us being able to improve our attitudes. Number four, the fourth thing. You and I need to develop what I would call a bright perspective. Perspective is the way that you look at life, the way you process what you're seeing, the way you interpret what you're seeing. And so your perspective is key to maintaining or destroying attitudes in your life. And I will tell you that with God, no matter what you're going through, there is always a bright perspective. Why? Because God is light. And because God is light, whatever you're facing in life, there will always be a bright side to it. Even when you can't see it, there will always be a bright side that you need to look for, that you need to open your eyes to see, because we not only need the right perspective, we need the bright perspective that is viewing our world in the light of God's goodness, in the light of God's love. In just a moment, I'm going to read Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to you, but let me take you back to a bit of an understanding of the book of Philippians just very briefly. Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul when he was in a Roman prison. He was there having done nothing wrong. He'd only been preaching the gospel, trying to help people. And according to what we know about this particular time in prison, he was chained most likely to at least one Roman guard, uh, more than likely 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It could have been that he was chained to two Roman guards. He was certainly under prison, the prison guard all the time that he was there. He could not come and go at this point in his journey. He's dealing with this imprisonment. It was not the most pleasant place to be. Paul would have preferred to be out preaching the gospel. But here is Paul in prison, and he writes this letter called Philippians to the church at Philippi, and the letter of Philippians is known as the letter of joy. There are four chapters in the book, 104 verses, and in them Paul talks over and over again about joy, but he writes it from an adverse set of circumstances. How could he do this? He did this because even in prison he maintained a bright perspective. He maintained the right perspective, but he also maintained a bright perspective. 
and it's revealed in many places in the book, but certainly in verse number 12 of chapter 1. He says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here... He says, guys, I'm writing this letter to you, and I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here, while I've been right here in prison for the preaching of the gospel, everything that has happened to me here has, what's the next word there, has helped spread the good news. Paul said, don't worry about me, don't fret about my condition, because there is a bright side to all of this. God is using this to get the gospel to places that otherwise it would never go, and I'm willing to give him the glory and honor, even though I'm in an adverse set of circumstances. The fifth thing that is essential, if you and I are going to improve our attitudes, we must grow up and never give up. God allows all of us to experience difficulties in life. We go through them. We all do. And he watches how we handle them when we face them. And one of the lessons of life is you cannot always control your circumstances, but you can control your attitude in the face of circumstances. And that's called maturing. That's called growing up. I cannot control everything that happens to me, but I can control how I will react or respond to what happens to me in life. That's maturity. The Apostle James writes about this in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Again, this is all about attitude. He says this. He says, consider it pure joy. That's an attitude, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let's stop there for a moment. He says, I want you to find joy. I want you to discover the joy that God has for you even when you're facing a variety of trials and tribulations in life. He didn't say if you face it, he said when. Everybody faces it. And trials come in many different forms, many different trials. Sometimes it might be a, maybe a physical trial, a financial trial, it might be a relationship trial, but you go through many different trials. He said, look for the joy in this. Because you know, he says, this is the reason I want you to do this. He says in verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, what's the next word there? Perseverance. And then he says in verse number 4, let perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He says, perseverance in the face of your trial will make you mature. It'll help you to grow up instead of giving up. Now, here's what I want you to see today. Anytime you're going through a trial in life, trials test your attitudes. Anytime you're going through a trial, your attitudes are going to be tested. And what will keep you in joy is something called perseverance. And perseverance makes you mature. It makes you stronger on the inside. And perseverance is the choice not to give up when you want to give up. Perseverance is not perseverance unless you want to give up, but you don't do it, okay? The psalmist David understood this. In the 23rd Psalm, he said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David said, Even though I'm walking right now through the valley of the shadow of death, it is really, really dark. And everything about the circumstance says darkness. But even though there is darkness there, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I'm going to keep walking because I know something. I know that if I'll just simply keep walking, I will come out of this valley. And I'm here to tell you today that if you'll keep walking, you'll come out of your valley, okay? 
Don't get stuck in your valley. Don't live in your valley. Don't set up camp in your valley, but make the decision to say, you know what? I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep walking. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. There's something out there. I can't see it right now, but there's something good ahead for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So David was looking beyond his present circumstance to trusting God that he would come through it. And he said, I'm going to walk my way through this valley. I will not give up. I will grow up. And that's the choice that you can make as well. The sixth and final thing I want to share with you this morning that'll help us to improve our attitudes is to live for the long haul. This life is not all there is. There's a life beyond this life. And no matter how tough this life is to us and how challenging this life is to us, it is not forever. For a Christian believer, there will be a day when you will breathe your last breath here and you will go to your eternal reward and you will leave behind the sorrows, the sadness, and the sickness of this world. Amen? In this world, you will have sadness. In this world, you'll have sorrows. In this world, you'll battle with sicknesses. It's just what it is. This is a broken, cursed world. And we're living redeemed people in the midst of a broken, cursed world. And we face these things. And Jesus helps us through these things. But one day, this world is going to be over with for you. You'll breathe your last breath. And you have to live with the reality that this is not your final home. There's a home awaiting you. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And so there's a place awaiting you that has no more sickness and no more sorrow and no more pain. That this life will be over. You're not here for eternity. You're only renting a room for a short period of time here on this planet. Amen? Okay. Why is this important? Because it affects your attitude. If I wake up every morning and say, you know what? What I'm going through right now, yeah, it's tough. I'm going to keep going. not going to give up. I'm going to grow up. But you know what? One day, all this is going to be over with, and I'll be done with the sickness and sadness and sorrow and pain because I'm going to a better place. I live with heaven's view in my day-to-day living makes the difference in your attitude. Listen to Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings upon us forever and ever. So we do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys where? In heaven which we have not yet seen. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. Paul says this momentary affliction that we're facing right now, one day will be over with and we'll have eternal joy forever. Let me take you back to the psalmist David in the 23rd Psalm. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to persevere. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I know I can't see around me. It's dark, but I know you're there. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I know there's something ahead for me. My cup runs over. And then he said this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then he added one last little phrase there. Do you know what he said? And I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. Let me tell you something, folks. When you have that perspective, that mindset, when you live for the long haul, 
It changes the attitudes of your life. Jesus wants you to be strong. He has a plan for your life, a more life, a more abundant life. And to be strong, it's essential that you improve your attitudes. When you work on your attitudes, God will work with you and strength will be imparted to you for the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Come experience the epic portrayal of God's love for His creation. The Mercy Tree is a monumental live stage performance held at Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. You can choose from 10 presentations starting Tuesday, April 11th and continuing through Easter Sunday. See the miracle of Easter come to life on stage in jaw-dropping scale. Get your free tickets at mercytree2017.com today. The story begins with a greeting. Hi, Dan. Welcome to Hope. June Hunt helps to reveal the stories of listeners across the country who are dealing with life's challenges. The stories are all different, all unique, Yet often, they can be your story. Struggles with marriage, dependencies, addictions, and questions of self-worth. June brings biblical hope and practical help. Hope in the Night, tonight at midnight, here on WAVA and WAVA.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.